0: This is Energy of Business Moments with Michael Seip, the show that takes you around the world to share interviews with some of the most successful and relevant people on the planet. Hear their stories and get the most important business lessons they have learned on their road to success and get exclusive advice on how to implement their business success into your life and business. Energy of Business Moments is brought to you by the Strategic
1: Advisor Board and your host, Michael Seip.
0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Strategic Advisor Board Energy of Business Moments podcast. Today we have Katie McConnell Olson. She is a national search consulting company that specializes in rapid growth opportunities and businesses. Katie, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you. Hello, hello. Excited yeah. to be here.
0: Good. Well, we you bring a lot of energy to the hiring business, and I would love to hear a little bit more about about that and how you got into your business.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So life is a checkerboard, right? Um, and that's exactly what happened. So my degree is in accounting of all things. Um, how does an accountant get into the people business, right? Accountants people think, oh, the green eyes shade and they don't like to talk to people. And I joke and say, well those are tax accountants, not not auditors and consultants, right? But nonetheless ended up in public accounting hopscotched through um, two public accounting firms and really fell in love with businesses and just the bones. And Michael, I know you, you could, this probably resonates for you is the bones of what makes a business operate. And it's so easy to, as an outsider, and especially as an auditor to look at the financial roadmap and say, well, if I was in charge, I would do this different and this different, or maybe we could do this and these ideas that you can bring to the table and only affect so much change. So ultimately, I ended up involved in the startup world, uh, creating my own impact and change. Popscotch through a couple of those as well and landed in recruiting kind of by accident. So as all good stories have um, a failure, I had a failed startup and I ended up at a recruiter. And I said, I need a job. I had come off of two failed startups uh, that happened at different start points that all kind of caved in at the same point in time, went to Costa Rica, came back and Somehow got hoodlinked into becoming a recruiter. And I thought, well, I will just find myself the right opportunity and then I will hire myself into the job and, you know, go back into accounting. Well, what ended up happening is I really fell in love with being able to marry my business growth background with my newfound skills around helping people plug into businesses to help accelerate businesses. You know, all businesses need human capital. And that was kind of the perfect intersection of the two of them and speaking the language of numbers and ROI from the human capital perspective. So ended up getting recruited back into a public accounting firm to run talent and recruiting for them, kind of marrying up the two, and then started another kind of what we'd call a practice area. So a niche within the CPA firm, helping companies hire accountants with a different model that really married up business strategy and consulting not just let me go find you resumes and and throw you candidates so a little bit of a disruption a lot of a disruption of what the industry looks like nonetheless did that for a few years and then that company was actually acquired by a billion dollar firm and my heart being with you know driving a speedboat rather than a titanic sized cruise ship that wasn't where my heart was so ultimately i decided to make an exit i tried it i stayed for a year um, and that billion dollar environment was just total culture shock, blew my hair back and decided, okay, this isn't for me. I'm going to just hop on the struggle bus and start another business. Um, and here we are five years later and, and running my company, which brings us to today. We do not just accounting, but all kinds of back office roles. So accounting, administrative, human resources, operations, sales, customer service, um, anything kind of executive level, you know, across all the verticals of a company all over the U.S. for rapid growth businesses. And now I have all kinds of good dinnertime stories because there's never a dull moment in this business.
0: <laughs> no, it does not sound like dull at all. In fact, what sounds interesting too is that like that path you had, the trajectory included of getting to where you are today, it all makes sense. You know, you followed your passion a little bit. You followed where industry should be leading you and, and kind of came to the conclusion that Your impact and your footprint is right where you need to be today. And being able to do that and serve in that way, because of all that experience you've had, makes tremendous sense. So thanks for sharing that.
1: Yeah, it's interesting, too, because the market shifts all the time. With technology and innovations and automations, things that have been manual, especially with COVID, right, that just accelerated our use of technology tenfold. You know, Zoom used to be a maybe once in a while thing. Now it's a five times a day thing. Um, And how we've had to catch up with that and incorporate that into the human capital cycle is the job changes all the time. We're constantly learning about new tools or figuring out new ways to do things that we didn't do that way three, four years ago. And, you know, that's a microcosm of time. You think three years, but so much has changed.
0: Yeah, I am a strong believer in the ability to find opportunity and move into that space. It's a market area that has not been served yet, but when one sees that and can move into that space ahead of everybody else, it gives you obviously a leg up in a business sense, but at the same time, it's that new territory and exploring and learning new ways to to serve people. So thanks. That's a really good insight. Well, along those lines of going into new areas and having some, what I would say, higher energy, that higher thought and emotion, the higher vibration there, that can be found in business quite often, especially amongst owners. So we can have some highs in our business. How about you share a little bit about one of your recent highs that might be of interest to our listeners?
1: No, I think it's all about celebrating the little things every day. Um, And I feel like sometimes we get so caught up on, you know, the big high has to be the successful exit. And it's about the, you know, enjoy the journey and enjoying the struggle because it is, especially for small business and rapid growth businesses, it's a struggle all the time and it's peppered with highs and lows every single day. So I think it's important to take a step back and celebrate those. For me, what gets me up every morning and I think my team also is we get to help affect business impact every single day we've watched companies go from 50 million to 200 million over the past three years. And we've hired 30 people a year for those companies. So we've been so much a part of that. And the win is when we get the offer, you know, it, sometimes in this industry, it feels like people think we just go behind the curtain and and conjure something up and then ta-da, here's a person, you know, here's your perfect unicorn. That's not what happens. There are tons and tons of hours and brute force and so many ups and downs through they didn't call me back. They took another offer before we got to them. They declined our offer at the 11th hour. You know, so when we put 40, 50 hours into that search for our client, the client really, really wants that person. I know that this person is the person that's going to get me from here to here. And we can make that happen for them. And they accept the offer. We celebrate um, we have a bell in our office that says ring bell for champagne. So we ring the champagne bell and we make it a celebration. And, you know, sometimes we go a couple of weeks without a champagne bell ring. Sometimes we have three in a week and it's really that's a high that makes us all celebrate together as a team. I'm proud of that culture that I've created around the champagne bell and, and um, you know, been able to do that a little bit in a virtual environment, too, which to me, those are the highs that keep us keep us getting up every day.
0: Yeah, that is awesome. I love the energy you bring to that because one of the highest emotions of the energy piece as a person is gratitude. And so that champagne bell is that gratitude moment. And the more, not only do you accept and recognize it, but then when your team does and they rally around that and collectively the energy of your business rises and you're able to withstand some of those stressors and challenges that come your way. And like you said, there are definitely some low moments that come. So how about you share a little bit about maybe one of the low moments that you've observed and, and maybe something that we could do about
1: it. Yeah, that's a tough question because there are so many challenges, right? That we're, we're all faced with. I think something that we've all faced as a small business owner is a a hire that didn't work out. And I don't necessarily want to say a bad hire because sometimes I think we hire good people and maybe we don't create the right conditions or especially in a rapid growth business, we're just moving so fast that, you know, at 90 days, you're not new anymore. You're the most seasoned person on the team and now you're promoted and you're, you know, the lead in charge of all the other new people. Um, And in a larger organization, there's much more of a growth path to foster that where 90 days is you're still brand new. And so expectations are different. And I've had that too. And I, you know, had that recently. And I would say that that is one of the lower points. It, and to your point about gratitude, there's so much gratitude in that struggle of learning how to be a better consultant. So you can say, well, what did I do? And how am I seeing this show up for my clients too? So I can impart that wisdom. However, it doesn't change the, the consequence, you know, and and what it means when you're in rapid growth and you do have a hire that is malaligned, that doesn't, that doesn't work out for one reason or another. So that happened to happen concurrently for me with another employee that decided to move on. um, And this, you know, lends itself to a whole separate piece of a conversation around the market. She got a job offer for more than twice what she was getting, you know, and and I just, and 100% remote, um, I'm in a hybrid environment with my team, better benefits with a very large company to benefits that as a small business, we just don't even have access to for those large group plans. And so it wasn't something I could compete with we're in the business of helping people be in the place that is the best fit where they really want to be. So I don't counter offer. I will tell all of my clients never counter offer. That's a podcast for another day. Uh, But we saw her off, you know, with a lot of notice and wishing her the best in her in her career. She actually texted me this morning. So we wish her well. However, having those things happen at the same time can be such a huge blow for a small business that those are the low points when Somebody exits, or you create that exit point, and then you're you're struggling with how are we going to get the work done, and, and is this setting back growth and kind of, you know, creating that yo-yo that we all experience in small business.
0: Yeah, I hadn't really thought of it that way, in the sense of, you know, when you when you want a a particular candidate, or you have an, a long time employee, that when you lose that person for whatever reason, and especially when it's almost helpless. Like there's nothing you could have done. You could have paid the best. You could have had a great work environment. You could have been very accommodative in the hybrid environment. All those factors that go into why people enjoy coming to the work or stay with the work that they're at to have that kind of rug pulled out from under you can sound actually sounds really tough. Um, But that leads to a great discussion point about, like you said, the market, and how things have changed over the past few years. So obviously you kept perspective yourself with your own business, but the market dynamics have changed so much. What have you noticed most about what either employees are looking for? And then maybe a little later, we'll talk a little bit about what employers need to do to shift for what employees are looking for.
1: Yeah, I mean, that is the million dollar question right now. And I think we're still in the in the struggle and figuring that out. Um, I'm hearing from about the 10 to 100 million dollar company space, which is really where we play also. It's business as usual. So we're hearing recession. We obviously meet the definition of recession now. I think we're seeing that with the bigger dog companies However, in the small and medium sized market space, we're not seeing that yet. So I think it remains to be seen if we will outperform it or if we will it will catch up to us as it trickles down from government contracts, et cetera. Um, I don't know where all the money is coming from to pay these outrageous salaries. That is the other thing we're hearing across the board is, it's business as usual. However, for example, the average salary price point of a controller in my Metro market, which is California specifically, Used to be about 110 to 125. It's now between 140 and 165 thousand dollars a year. So how the heck that happened? When we're seeing inflation be what 10 or 12 percent, we're seeing unemployment be less than 4 percent, and all of a sudden we have the squeeze where salaries are up 30 percent. That is creating a cash constraint for small business and a margin constraint. You know, and I think that begs the question: What are we going to do? Are we going to recruit younger in their career or greener in experience type talent and foster them? Or are we going to margin squeeze and pay for these people? And then what does the fallout of that look like? If I hire someone for double the price I thought I was going to hire, I have double the expectations of ROI performance and ramp up. And is that going to create a fail and more turnover in the market? Or is that going to sort of level out? Or am I just going to have to change my business model entirely? So I don't know. And I'm speaking on behalf of kind of the market at large, but we're all experiencing these challenges with salary.
0: Yeah, that's some really specific insight that not many people know. And and the margin squeeze, obviously, from uh, running a business and returning profit those tighter margins don't allow for the disruptors we have, whether it's a COVID, whether it's the recession, all these things. And so it you're just wondering if the can's being kicked down the road only to have an even bigger problem um, that is a huge staffing challenge. And then there's no growth in a company and now there's collapse and, and it takes a long time to rebuild from something like that. So that's a great insight.
1: I think one of the the easy, and that's a funny word, a loaded word, one of the easy solutions is hire people with less experience and grow them, right? Because they're hungry for opportunity. Yes, they still exist out there, despite what we're hearing. There are people out there that want opportunity. Uh, And then what? You know, who's going to train them? If you're so busy in your business because you're down a couple of resources, it's business as usual, times are good. We have this sort of impossible problem of higher experience and then, you know, set them on their way, pay for it or hire the lower level folks, train them into the higher level folks. And then you're putting your sweat equity in. So it has to come from somewhere. So I think it's which pocket we're going to choose to reach into to fund that, whether it's with your time or with your cash. Um, if folks burn cash, then they don't have the resource of paying that extra money, you know, but they might have the time. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I think we're going to see a lot of acquisitions over the next couple of years of small companies that we saw pop up right after COVID that maybe did really well in 2020 and 2021, which were unexpectedly good years coming out of COVID for many businesses that now don't have the sustainability to carry on and are going to get kind of gobbled up by those larger organizations.
0: Yeah, that makes sense completely. So tell me a little bit more here. Um, When you're talking about hiring the younger talent and training them, uh, how important is the culture, the vibe of those organizations that they go into?
1: Well, I think we always hear culture is key, right? And that's absolutely never been truer than, you know, coming out of COVID, right? We all, I think COVID turned things on its head for everybody to kind of question, what do I want? Do I want to get in the car and drive an hour each way? To go do this job or not and maybe I do because I have all this chaos at home and I need to be in that environment or maybe I don't because I have all this chaos at home and I want to be a part of that and so I think it you know we're hearing so much about the great resignation which I tend to think is more of like a great popcorn there's all kinds of popcorn popping all over the place and ultimately it's going to settle and does that look like you know people working closer to home because it's just not worth it to make that commute because they've tasted that and now they don't want to be making that commute, probably, right? We're seeing a lot of companies move their locations. We're seeing more people say, I don't wanna do this. And I worked there until they brought me back into the office and now I don't wanna go back. So I'm gonna quit without a job and I'm gonna find something closer to home. Um, and they're potentially doing that with a higher price point. Um, and there's such a market scarcity for certain roles that they're able to do that and the market's allowing it. So are we seeing a huge keep, you know, exodus of the workforce? In certain sectors, potentially, I think it's more of a popcorning of where people are going to work and a lot of freelancing that's going on right now because it offers freedom, or at least you think it does. I'll talk to any small business owner. They'll tell you otherwise after a few years, right? But um, half joking, half not. But that we wanted that so bad and it became such a core value for employees during COVID that they're popping up their own gig because they're valuing freedom over money, go figure, yet yeah, then the salaries are so high, I I don't know.
0: <laughs> well, the popcorn effect uh, definitely can be a good example of why that some of those salaries have gone up in in those areas, in those niche areas, and that makes sense. And then, of course, people saying, yeah, I have my values, and whether it's driving less to work or those freedom pieces, those are significant sort of energy inputs that people have individually. And then it obviously becomes a collective kind of thing where in that trade or in that industry niche that everybody's kind of feeling that way. And so it, there's a, it's not a great resignation. Like you said, it's more like people coming to realize there are some things that are, I value more in my life and, and where can I find that? And I'm willing to shift. And what I i am curious about is as you continue to track this is how that trend changes. And is it just a phase it'll last a year or two, or is this something longer term where a new generation's coming in and, and it's more than just pay, it's a bunch of other things. And they're not willing to put in the extra hard effort to move up the corporate ladder, so to speak, but instead like find value in their day so that they're not burning out like maybe their parents did, or they're not having to have that huge mortgage or whatever the other burdens are that they see older generations having. So I'm curious to see if this trend will kind of continue.
1: I am too. It is fascinating to watch all of this happen. And I I think we have a little bit of a market squeeze in that we have a generation, the Gen Z that's kind of graduating right now and entering the workforce for the first time saying, well, I want to have both, which is like our older old school generation is like, we well, can't, you know, work is supposed to be hard. It's supposed to suck. Right. Embrace the suck. You go in every day, you grind away. And if you're lucky, we'll get you a gold watch after 20 years and you should be happy that you exist here. It's like, well, wait a minute. That's all kind of been turned on its head. I was talking with a client this morning who said someone asked her, well, have things gotten back to normal for you? And she was like blown away by this question. What do you mean back to normal? Like that's gone. There's no more back to normal. Normal's, you know, gone. And she said, I can't even imagine why we lived like this for so long before in the old normal of waking up early, getting ready, getting suited up, going into the office, you know, and and putting in your grind and then coming home. And home was an afterthought after work. It's not like that anymore. And now there's this work life. We don't hear about work life balance. We hear work life integration, how everything is sort of integrated. This come and go throughout the day and still get your work done, which has been extremely difficult for businesses to keep up with because it remains to be seen if long-term performance is impacted by that. Um, I personally am not a fan of 100% remote workforce. I have some clients that have done it extremely well and been very successful. I think it's about managing because it's easier to be a remote worker than it is to be a remote manager by a long shot. And so that I think is going to sort of up, you know shake up the market for a while longer because that genie's out of the bottle. We're not going back to 100% in office, and there are companies that still are, and they can still be. However, I think the market is going to pass them by. So we we'll see.
0: Yeah. Well, that totally makes sense. One of the things that comes to mind here too, for from hearing you talk about that and see seeing what kind of makes sense in terms of the trends and not going back to the to the old normal is. Companies can have different energy levels and that, and i although I've explained it before, like the lowest level is the one where you know it's it's losing like we we've lost market share, we're stuck in this losing employees we're we're not selling as much as we used to and and so there's this mentality of like we we're losing, and then the next level up is like no we're gonna fight this, and so there's this fighting like clawing back and that's good, but it's not sustainable. And then then higher up at sort of level five is this ideal workforce state where there's collaboration, where people work together, they understand each other. And so from an ability to do that and be collaborative, I think you're spot on in the hybrid sense of it's hard to do that remotely, but when you're together somewhat, you're you're seeing some people's eye contact know, making eye contact. You're seeing facial gestures. You're seeing things that you wouldn't normally pick up in a group setting, um, on the, on a zoom call, but you would catch it when you're actually looking and seeing people in, around the room. Right. And so you can pick up their vibe a lot easier. And when it, and that higher energy vibe is contagious. And so productivity goes up significantly when you have that group dynamic. So how much would you say when you're helping with the hiring process or advising some of your clients that you're trying to find that sort of optimal zone of hybrid or remote or full time back in you know, doing your work?
1: Some really great points and a couple of thoughts I want to come back to. Uh, to answer your question, we don't set Um, the company's decision on an office or hybrid or whatnot. I can give advice on what I'm seeing with other companies and suggest, you know, hey, we've talked to 10 people. None of them are interested in your opportunity because they all only want to work a hybrid. Or in order to not work hybrid and go in office full time, this is the price point that the market's commanding. So I can bring information and education to companies, but ultimately they know their office and their team best. And I think, you know, it's up to all business owners to kind of turn the, turn the dials, turn the knobs and see what works, what doesn't work and how they can tweak that in their own organization. So I don't unfortunately get to affect that. Fortunately or unfortunately, I'm kind of glad I don't have that burden on my shoulders because those are big decisions. Um, you, you said something that made me think about, and I should have wrote it down because now it's flown out of my head. Oh, I think generational diversity is going to become more important again. We were talking about, you know, the Gen X and the Gen Y and the uh, millennials. And, all, you know, 10 years ago, it was millennials, millennials. Like we were being blamed for everything. And now all of a sudden we're, you know, it's the Gen Z people. So we've passed the blame. Thank goodness. Oh, that's off my back. However, We've got multi-generation issues that are going to pop up because of technology, where we've still got, you know, Gen X and some Gen Y in the workforce in a remote environment where hands-on, face-to-face, as you mentioned, that vibe is how we've been trained and how we connect. And we've got a new workforce coming in that has done remote learning through COVID. You know, they graduated high school on Zoom for crying out loud. They aren't getting their driver's licenses like we were. And stats are that driver's licenses are way down with 16 year olds. And it's, I think, partly to do that. They don't, you know, if I wanted to see my friends, I had to get in someone's car or I had to drive over to their house because we didn't have Zoom. We didn't have iPhones yet when I graduated from high school. And now they have all those things. So you can stay at home and still be hanging out with your friends on a Zoom and not even have to have a driver's license. So this, culture dynamic, I think is going to hit hard with multi-generation in the workforce over the next couple of years, which I think is something that we haven't really started talking about too much yet. We've been focused on other kinds of diversity, which is so, so important as well. And I think we've missed this um, technology generational diversity that's going to really be interesting for businesses over the next couple of years.
0: Yeah, that insight is actually pretty, hadn't thought of that. To think about the multi-generational piece and how much we're going to have to tie that together to kind of bring everybody along and have that team concept. Because you, we are, the workforce is going to be multi-generational, but but in that process, a subset of that is multi-technology or less technology? And how do you how do you create that continuity across all, all the different generations coming together in that workforce so that they actually can be effective and actually grow the company or do well at what they're doing? Yeah, great insight.
1: Exactly. It used to be, you know, we were all in an office together. So we've always had multi-generational issues, you know, but maybe in an office setting before, those that were more technology savvy could help out everyone else and we all were in a room where we could still collaborate or it could be hey let me take you to lunch once a week so i can mentor you into my role and kind of you can be my protege how does somebody who isn't accustomed to using this form of technology to manage and lead and is all of a sudden thrust into that because the side of our you know the way that we do things just kind of got blown out in 2020 and now all of a sudden we're expected to teach a generation how to become our protege in a remote environment when we don't have the skills or the leadership background to be able to do that. I think it presents a huge business opportunity um, for, you know, succession planning in a remote environment. What are we going to do if we have a generation of leaders that have, in my opinion, kind of gotten a disservice because they haven't had that in-person learning and all of a sudden there's a whole group of people ready to retire and who's going to take over.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That- you hit the nail on the head there. You know, what are they going to do? What's the succession plan? And I love how you said it's an opportunity because business is about exploiting or taking advantage of an opportunity that's presented and hopefully, you know, raising the bar for everybody, customers included, that things are better because of t- helping out in that space. But your, your point about the succession plan makes, makes one think a little bit about how do how does a leader, whether they're a, you know millennial trying to c- communicate with a, a Gen Z, or how do they communicate when that remote environment is used to just information being exchanged? There's not a lot of emotion. There's not a lot of you know eye contact, conversation, that opportunity, like you said, to go to a a, a lunch with a mentor and, and talk about succession secession plans. That's just not really there. So finding a way to bridge that communication gap seems to me like that's going to be the heart of it. And it's not going to be formulaic. It's going to have to be some sort of like a way to connect and bond with people uh, in a way that we haven't done before before very well.
1: Well, we have emojis for that.
0: Yeah, those emojis are Awesome, but uh, if I can't see somebody making the same face I, I'm not sure I got it
1: yes that that is sarcasm I'm sure there's an emoji for that um but that one-dimensional thing doesn't replace you know the essence of somebody yeah yeah
0: yes a sense of communication understanding somebody else and and seeing where they are vibrationally is just the part that creates the opportunity for a bonding.
1: Good. Absolutely. And all the little nuances of, you know, I'm I'm hearing so much about burnout, burnout, burnout. I'm hearing there are consultants that you can bring into your organization to help with burnout. And I'm just like, I have to wrap my head around this. Like, well, what about the managers? And why, you know, why are we not paying attention to this? Well, it's easy for someone on Zoom to say I'm tired, but, you know, you don't even know if I'm wearing sweatpants or not right now. You know, you don't know what I'm wearing. Um, I might be in the same shoes I've been five days in a row because I, you know, my life is in discord and you wouldn't know that if you're not seeing me, you're not experiencing all of me to really recognize the signs of like, "Hmm, you know, I've noticed she's a little off her game today because this, this and this, because it's so performative in this environment that we're in now that we're missing that entirely. And we're not picking up on the social cues. We're expecting our employees to communicate with us. And maybe we're checking in. Hey, how are you? You know, just checking in. Oh, I'm good. Go away. You know, and we're missing the like, no, but how are you? You know, so I don't know. I hate this 100% remote environment. And at the same time, there's a lot about it that does offer freedom and flexibility to, you know, catch up on laundry in a way that you never have before. And little niceties of life that just sort of, you know, buffer how difficult life has been for everybody the past couple of years. So, well, I'll just be curious scientists and see what happens.
0: Yeah. And I, I count on you to adapt to whatever that shift is, because you have your finger on the pulse of what's going on with that. So you well, talked I, will about say I
1: never right. adapted to wear sweatpants. I'm actually in a suit. Um, I am going out to a client after uh, this afternoon. So, uh, you know, I never embraced the adapt to not wearing real pants a uh, sub- subculture that happened in 2020 and 2021, but I hear it was lovely. Oh. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, no, know that's so true, but you know how we show up <laughs> is how we perform sometimes. Uh, it's a good indicator. And you were talking earlier about, you know, having a mentor lunch call. One of the questions I like to ask, uh, I guess, is the question of if you could meet anybody deceased or living, who would that be and why?
1: You know, I think that answer changes all the time um, based upon where a person is in their journey. And right now it's George W. Bush. And I'll tell you why. I um, did a Goldman Sachs leadership program last year, the 10,000 Small Businesses Accelerator. We had Small Business Advocacy Day back in July. So I got to go to Washington, D.C. and meet a lot of political leaders um, to talk about issues facing small rapid growth businesses. And he was there and he spoke. And I just really fell in love with his message. And I mean, there's something about, you know, having the highest post in U.S. government and then not having it anymore that just really lets you put your hair down and just be fiercely honest about everything. Um, and I th- thought, you know, if I could just have dinner with him and just sit down and pick his brain, I bet you that there's a lot to learn um, as a leader that went through one of the most transformative times in our history, nine eleven. Um, And here I am helping push business accelerator with companies hiring people in the workforce that weren't even alive when that happened. I mean, wrap wrap your brain around that. We have troops in the military that weren't alive when 9-11 happened. And I bet you, you, me and everyone listening right now knows exactly where they were the morning of 9-11 or um, late morning, depending on where you are in the world. Um, And that is just wild to me. So getting his perspective on that, I think, would be well worth worth a, um, a beer and a pizza.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, that that beer, pizza, and maybe a, a couple more to keep that conversation going because that would be very, very entertaining and insightful. And man, the the download you could get from somebody like that would just be phenomenal. Yeah, for sure. Well, good. Well, Katie, uh, thank you for being on the show. How can people get a hold of you?
1: Yes, absolutely. Well, as a hiring professional, we are on LinkedIn all the time. Um, So I would love to connect with everybody that wants to uh, reach out. We also post quite a bit of content with this kind of discussion fodder. Um, So engagement is, you know, another reason why I wake up every day. So you can find me Katie McConnell Olson CPA PHR on LinkedIn. Um, You can also reach me via phone or email. That's all available on my website and everything is accessible through LinkedIn. So that's probably the best place to find me and very well maybe where folks are finding this uh, podcast.
0: Yes, thanks. That's true. There's a lot of different ways that people can come in and and get a hold of us. So Katie, thank you for being on the show and going a little longer today to talk about the hiring world and how the changes have come about in the past few years and what people might need to do in their business to shift and, and capture some of the trend changes.
1: Absolutely. It'll be fun to watch it all unfold.
0: Yes, absolutely. Well, have a great day. Hey, listeners and viewers. If you enjoyed the discussion and want more, you can learn how to raise the energy of your business at the SAB website or my own website, SypeCoaching.com, where you can find specialized programs and offers to help you grow yourself and your business. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to Energy of Business Moments with your host, Michael Sipe. Please leave your feedback and visit strategicadvisorboard.com to get the latest and greatest business advisement on the planet. Follow us on social media for updates and we will see you on the next episode.